When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. There's another quote that's like, don't die with your music still in you. And I think you still got a lot of music. That was Dr. Wayne Dyer. And I think you still got a lot of that music in you. So you haven't even tapped into it yet. You haven't played any of the music because it's just, you know, kind of sitting there unfinished. And you're blaming it on you not being passionate anymore, but you are really passionate about it still. Of course you're passionate about it. That's the problem. Yeah. And so just let it go. Just chill out a little bit. It's not precious. Chill out. Actually... You should make it your goal to fail at it. Look, people will judge it anyway, dude. Yeah. People, trust me. People can't wait to tell you how much you suck at something. You're like but, a perfect thing. It's, yeah, you're never like going to so have a perfect judged. thing. You're, you're going to have something that you're going to judge more than anybody else does. So yep. just, just do it. Just do it. Do it. Just do yeah, it. Exactly. Like what Al Pacino said. Mm. Oh. In Any Given Sunday. A great movie. Okay. Hello, welcome back to Shit They Don't Tell You. I'm Nikki Limo. Hello, everybody. It's Crypto King here. Nice uh, drip there, Crypto King. What, I didn't drip. I, I actually put the cup back. There was no spillage. No, your drip. What do you What do you mean? Your drip. I'm dripping. No, you're. I just think I was complimenting your outfit, the fit. Do you have a cocaine problem now? No, Did no. Did it come with the outfit? No, I thought. Okay, okay. What are you talking about? Are you okay? I'm great. I'm better than ever. Do you want to introduce yourself? Crypto King, hello. Okay, well. Normal, just a normal We'll intro. leave that over just, there. Can we have a normal introduction? We'll just leave that over there. We'll leave this, whatever okay. this is. Perfect. Sitting over here. If you're just listening on just audio, you'd have to come to the YouTube channel to even understand anything I'm talking about. This I, is just, I just a normal, everyday introduction. It's ineffable. That, I can't describe it to you. I honestly think that the people who regularly listen to the shit they do not tell you about podcasts are just going to be confused about what you're talking about because everyone's hmm. just sort of used to the show. But you're okay. acting like the show's like, is this like the fifth, 500th episode or something? No. Okay. Yeah, nobody. No, it's not. Nobody really cares then. Oh, okay. They don't care about our show? No, they don't just care about, like, don't what, care about whatever you're trying to, whatever kind of controversy you're trying to drum oh, up. Oh, your rebrand. No, you're trying to, you're trying to drum up controversy. <laughs> people get it, though. That's what I do. Yeah, people get it, though. All right, why don't we go into answering questions from please, people? Please, please. Is that okay with you? Get back to business. Is that okay with your new brand? I don't have a new brand. Oh, okay. My bad. You look hot. I know. <laughs> I'm turned on. Let's not be sarcastic. Let's let's be honest. Okay. You're not just turned on. Mm-hmm. There's a nuclear meltdown happening between your legs right now. So we got questions from you guys that we drink, asked gonna, if you wanted to submit to send that into the ocean. any questions that you want on any subject. We are not experts, just a disclaimer. Or start it in concrete. Responsibly dispose of, con- of nuclear material. If you wanted to always. submit a question on any topic, you could submit to podcast at Nikki.limo. That's podcast at N-I-K-K-I dot L-I-M-O, as some of these people did here. Jumping right in. I don't read these beforehand, so we're just going to have to get dive into this together. Um, this one is titled, BBC Ebony Mail Challenges God's Authority. Okay. Let's hear it. 
Yo, what's going on, Nikki and Steve? It's the young, hot nerd Patrick here. What's up, Patrick? <laughs> Hopefully you don't remember my last time writing to you because Jesus fucking Christ, it was bad. Apologies for giving you secondhand anxiety, Nikki. I don't remember, but I do believe that I probably got secondhand anxiety from it. Yeah. Um, I'm happy to say I'm doing much better now. I got a job with a new I got a new job with new friends. I'm about to start therapy and I've become a Patreon member. All right. Sounds like you're on like, hey, the freshest path. Go. You subscribe to this guy? You sound like a fucking woo holder over there, bot. All right. Let's go. Tone it down. Oh yeah. Winning Com- only. Compliments. Nikki and Steve, y'all are uh, y'all are some cool cats. Thank you so much. Hey, that was a great sure. That was a great compliment. You have no idea actually. I do. How true that is. I have a very deep idea of how cool of cats the both of us are. Okay. Anyways, I have two questions, but I'll make them quick. Basically, I don't currently believe in God or a higher power. I think my beliefs align more with Stoicism and Buddhism, but my mom is a strong conservative Seventh-day Adventist, which is hard to explain, but it is what Joe from JK was raised as. She is already seeing that I'm not following the same little rules she raised me to follow, but she doesn't know how I have fully stopped believing. How do I tell her that I don't believe anymore, or do I wait until I move out to tell her? Also, if you feel comfortable to answer this, what do each of you guys believe? I'd love to hear some other perspectives. Next, this is more of a Nikki question. Well, first, um, let's get to the first one. Okay. Um, Just send her clips of Joe. I think if you send her clips of Joe... Mm -hmm. And you go, this is like what becoming a, a Seventh-day Adventist brings you. Then maybe she'll be like, holy shit, we got to do this a whole nother way. <laughs> so like, just send her, send her any clip of Any Joe. clip of any, Joe. Honestly, honestly, any clip. Any clip. I'm not sure what a Seventh-day Adventist uh, is. Should it's I? a whole thing. So it's like, you know, Joe had to do, had to, well, Joe and my buddy Ryan and I, right? Uh-huh. They were both raised Seventh Day. Seventh Day. They have to do Adventist. things a certain way, and it's all very strict. And like, it, well, it depends on how strict your parents are, because even Joe and Ryan and I have like a little, like a little bit uh-huh. of variation between them. Um, by the way that they were raised, but it's if like Joe's mom was extremely fucking strict. Ryan and I's parents were extremely strict as well. Um, so it just really depends, but. Uh, Look, just show them the result of all that constrictive. Oh, they're not allowed to have alcohol, tobacco, drugs. Yeah. Oh, that's why Joe does did so many drugs. Probably. So you just end up becoming the opposite of your parents. See, this is what I. But Joe cleaned up now. I don't have a problem with you know any religion, whatever you want to believe, believe it. Yeah. But I will say I have noticed a trend of. The more extreme your parents are, either one way or another, let's say they were extreme Christians, uh, I've noticed that it leads to the kids becoming atheists. Like, and, and not just atheists, but like vocal Bro, atheists. Like your childhood so- friend, I won't mention her name, but mm-hmm. come on. She was like the strictest, most religiously raised person. Yeah. She went the other way in such a way that she ended up Getting gang banged and shit, bro. And Wiccan and all this stuff. Oh, bro, like yeah. sh- like worshiping like Mother Nature and shit. Okay, a and nightmare. Then, well, then there's also just like <laughs> mutual friends that we know that I won't name names or anything, but like they are super like their whole brand is being atheist to the point where they I feel are more preachy than most religious people yes. I know about how atheist they are. That's a lot. And too. like they it go, becomes a religion too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And um and I, I always found it fascinating because I don't feel like it should be that extreme of a I have to put my foot down and say this. Like 
believe what you want to believe. It's supposed to be your own spirituality. Yeah. So if you're atheist, just be atheist. Why you got to like yell from the rooftops how atheist you are. If and I've met some dope atheists, but she's talking about like the people who just take yeah. it to the umpteenth, right? Well, because it's okay. like you're a fucking fan of the color gold and it's like, oh, now you got to wear gold like all the, all day, every day. And, and every I've, fucking, I've known some really all like, outfits. devout religious people whose parents were like all fucked up and not, not believers. And so they found you know that religion yeah. to give them some structure in their life so well, you know it goes the, vice versa maybe their childhood friend had <laughs> religious parents yeah and they got pulled in that way and it gave them like direction it was good yeah. for them and so it gave them structure and they needed it but then like i've almost never heard a story about like somebody who like became atheist because they needed structure yeah <laughs> it's always it's, like to get away from the it's structure always to get away from yeah. the way too much structure which yeah. is beautiful too yeah it's just you know there's yin, yin and yang always you tend to like overcompensate for trying to get away from that structure and then sometimes because you got so Mm -hmm. wronged by the one thing by the one side which i had a buddy who got so wronged by religion Mm -hmm. that he would never even hear it again afterward because he went the other way yeah but it's like okay dude but but there is a beauty to the to the middle um i think i mean for for me personally anyway work i think me and nikki are more agnostic yeah like we don't you know, I'm not. I don't have the balls to just sit here and say, "There's no God." Final answer. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm not gonna. I can't do that. Yeah, I would say I'm a little bit more spiritual than that. I Me too. don't care what label you give it, but I do think that there's like. I think that man a corrupts. very creative, uh, like energy. Very, yeah, you know? I think that man corrupts it non-stop because it's not it's not something for man to figure out exactly you know and, and men, even communicate they try to like exactly they try to like put their stamp on it and like try to dissect it and analyze it to death and like try to figure out exactly what it is and it's really just not that it's just not something to be figured out that no. way um but there are a lot of scientists who are religious because of that because there's so many things that can't be scientifically proven that there are like some diff- definite mysterious things. Might and well. I think agnostic is a term for saying like, hey, I'm okay with saying I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm not going to give declarative statements like I fucking yeah. know it all. And not that you guys do if you're on the one side or the other. Mm-hmm. We're not criticizing you. It's just that we find there's a fascination in the unknown and there's a beauty in admitting that you don't know something yeah. that I've carried throughout my whole life. Which has only benefited me. Like the curiosity of I don't know enough yeah. to put a period at the end of the sentence mm-hmm. has served me very well. Exactly. Because when you know everything, then you stop learning. You're boring. And then as for what, uh, you know, what we believe, um, we touched on it, but both of us were raised Catholic. Um, I was raised super Catholic. And I personally like to borrow ideas from every religion that I've learned about after I decided not to be Catholic anymore because you have to go through this whole like very official ordeal um, when not communion but the one after uh, I can't remember what it's called but you have to get We're a sponsor it's a, it's a whole thing well that's when I decided to drop out of it yeah. because I was like I'm just not into how strict that religion is yes, but is. I still like believe in God and I believe in Jesus and stuff and so then I went to like this Christian um those like these those not camps but like those uh what are they called the, like no the like youth groups yeah the little youth groups i did those and i had crushes on the guys and stuff I did and that. so like okay cool so we're in the same boat I had crushes on the, all the hottest 
biggest titty See, we would have been in the same youth group if yeah. we went to the same school. No question. So that was cool for a little bit. But then um, my youth group leader told me that I can't listen to Eminem uh, because he... Yeah is like he was upsetting the change at the time yeah and he was like you know cursing a lot and yep. like you know slamming women <laughs> slamming women no it wasn't even political it was just oh, like okay. t- they didn't like how much she called women sluts and stuff he's and- just talking about his mom i know that's yeah. what i said that's what i tried to <laughs> that's say what i said <laughs> And so basically, it just rubbed me the wrong way because again, yeah, the reason when I went away from Catholicism was because there's so many strict rules of like you have to do this or you're going to hell. And it's like I just don't. I think if you're a good person, you're not going to hell. Like what? Like what? Yep. Like why would you get punished? Or if you're Jewish, you're going to hell. Or if you're like any religion that's not like Christian, you're going to hell. And I remember being obsessed with Adam Sandler at the time too. And so um, he's Jewish. And I was like, that doesn't make sense. Like, why would he go to hell just because he's not Christian? That's so stupid. (laughs) That's like so dumb. And like, even as a 13 year old kid, I was just like, I just don't buy this. Like people can be good people and not Christian. Yeah, but did you hear the Hanukkah song? It was great. I love the Hanukkah song. You you don't like it? Well, no, it's not about- You got a better song? It's not about if I like it. What? Just shouldn't he go to hell for that a little bit? Um, Not for me because thou shalt not cast judgment. Upon um, others, which I think feel like the Christians well, like, do. Imagine if he did sometimes. You know, frosty the snowman. Like that's that not gets even. You in. That's not a Christian song. That gets you in. Oh it's yeah, about, of it's about it a is. snowman that's magical. In fact, that's a wicked snowman. Like that snowman no, had magic powers. No, only that it comes from Jesus. 100%. No, no, no. From, that's sorry, not what Christians Santa. would say. Comes from Santa. No, as Christians would. Claus. You can't. You're worshiping false idols. Saint Nicholas. False he, idols. He actually was alive. He lived. I don't care. So there you go. I'm talking about him. Why are you? He's Gave not frosty. Away. He's not frosty the snowman. That's he a whole different thing. They were his buds. A fucking snowman that comes to life and has magic in a hat. That's that's satanic. Reindeer were his friends as well. Anyway, this is all confirmed historical accurate. Thank you. So I stopped going to church and youth group, and then after college, I did a religious philosophy class, and I learned about like Buddhism, and I actually really liked the Yo, Buddhism that was my favorite one. a lot. Yeah, because Siddhartha. it. It actually, they have a lot of the similar teachings of Christianity. So Jesus said a lot of the same shit that Buddha said. And I think that it just gets too interpreted in a strict way and turned into dogma because of people trying to like tinker and get power from it. And that's what I don't like about structured religion. But the best thing about Buddhism, and I don't know if you've been around too many Buddhists, but I actually had a buddy whose parents were Buddhists. Mm-hmm. And they think that Frosty the Snowman's a dope song. Bart's mom thinks Frosty the Snowman's a dope, a no, dope song. No, it wasn't Bart. It wasn't Bart. It well, was Bart's mom was Buddhist. My friend Kyle when I was a kid, but he's but. Well, ask Bart's mom. I want to know. I will directly from I her. I probably will. Okay. We'll probably get on a hot seat. And we'll do it. So anyway, sometimes I get comments on here that are like, "You need a relationship with Jesus," and I'm like, "I have not lost a relationship with Jesus." It's weird because like yeah. I'm not like I wouldn't label myself a Christian, but I still like believe in. All, a lot of things that from there and then also I really like um, just some of the esoteric more like energy stuff like where I think that when you're in alignment with purpose in the universe like if you want to call it God the universe the flow of things I think there's a spiritual uh, je ne sais quoi that can't be explained by science um, so but I think it kind of can be too I mean everything's energy 
Absolutely. But where does this frequency come from know, that puts we, you in the flow of things? But, like where the athletes get in the flow of things, like where is that energy coming from? Well, look at these new images that we're getting from like... Uh, NASA's? The NASA's, right? Mm-hmm. Look at sick imagery. Yeah. James Webb Telescope, fucking shout out. They're using gold-plated fucking mirrors and shit to like pull... Like your sunglasses? You know, protons from the universe. Yeah, kind of. But like, and my whole outfit, but like to pull all, you know light from the universe and like to analyze it and then like we can actually collect it and kind of see our origins. And yeah, the more that I think that they research, the more that I think that we're surrounded by light mm-hmm. and energy and like all the things that I believe personally anyway. Yeah. So yeah, it's very easy for me to think that like, you know, we're both infinitesimally small and yet at the same time in the beautiful way. Yeah. We're just as big as anything that is the biggest thing because we are all connected. And, and that um, is only, it only gets confirmed to me and maybe that's my own recency bias or that's my own like um, confirmation bias because mm-hmm. that's what I'm looking for maybe when I see that stuff. But No, I feel a connection to a lot of like mm-hmm. plants, animals, things. 100%. Ocean, especially when I'm floating in the ocean. But that's because I think we all came from the same source. And I think when we die, we go back to the same source. Yeah. And you can call it a variety of things as it's called in a variety of religions. We're but I think, they're, same shit, I think they're all talking about the same thing. Yep. So yep. anyway, that's and kind also, of. also, too, um, I just um, have felt that way always, like since I was a kid. Yeah. And it's never been interrupted even. So there's like, there's temporary things that interrupt that, like the Catholic church and like all this other stuff that interrupt that maybe a little bit. But then when I get back to my own, like mean, like mm. the, the regular shit for me, then I'm like, oh yeah, I really do feel this way still. I don't know if I had such a like solid, like this is how things are when I was a kid. It was more like, I have always had this radar, like meter inside that like when I'm guided towards something that feels very true, it's like ding, 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 it's very true. And then like when it's something that feels off, it's like there's something off about this. And like, and so that's how I felt about Catholic religion where I I got to a point where I was like, I I like this over here, but like there's something wrong here. Like I, and I don't know what it is. I can't put my finger on it, but even since I was a kid, there's always been this innate intuition that's like guided me towards like what I think is truth and real. And I've just always followed that, even if it's against the grain or whatever, you know, my friends or family wanted me to do. But my mom was always very cool about that. She always like kind of let me choose my own thing. She was very like freedom enforcing. Nice. Which is cool. I feel very fortunate to have been able to choose. And I think because of that is why I never went extreme about anything. Never went into drugs, never got Mm -hmm, into like, because she was really free about it. She was like, hey, you can do that. But like, just so you know, like this could happen to you. And then it made me not want to do it. Well, my parents did this shit to me, which was a little different where they're like, you're, you're the oldest, right, brother. So like, you know, I have an older sister, but mm-hmm. I have two younger brothers. So, like, so my mom always put the screws on me. Like, you know, your brothers are looking at you, and they're gonna always look at you, Stephen. They're always looking at you, Stephen. So, like, you better not do anything stupid because if you do it, they're gonna do it. And so I was like, fuck. So I didn't even fucking have a drink of alcohol <laughs> until after I was twenty-one. Square. I know. <laughs> I didn't do, and you know. <laughs> when I found out later, both my brothers were getting fucking stoned and shit. I, 
I didn't even know. I was like sacrificing like all that shit for them. And I didn't even like just to be a good example or whatever. And then I find out later that they're doing it anyway. And so and my my other brother's fucking hot boxing my other brother. So I'm like, cool, this was worthless. See, you get rigid rules put on you, this is what you end up like. Extreme. Extreme rebellion. You, I rebelled later. I can tell. Much later. I can tell. All right. The second part says, uh, Nikki, this is more of a next is more, more of a Nikki question. How the fuck do you know which hobby to focus on mastering? I have a lot of hobbies that I would like to dive deeper into. I just don't know which one to focus on first. I'd like to make money eventually from any of them, but I do all of them without pay anyways. Money isn't really a driving force. It would be just nice to have. Thanks for reading. I don't know how I choose. I get really fucking interested in something and then I can't stop researching it or paying attention to it. And like sometimes... I wish the hobbies would last longer. Like, um, you know, I was really into bullet journaling for a long, or sticker making. Yes. I was obsessed oh, with yes. sticker making. I was Your like, cricket was getting used. I want to quit everything I do and just make stickers all day long. <laughs> like, that's all what I wanted you to do. <laughs> You'd be so screwed right now. I know. I would, I mean, and that's why I really have to take my time. I have to put myself through like a five point test. Like, okay, like, so what if this system. really was your thing? Like, would you get sick of it? And I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty sick of it. Yes. So, um, quickly. Yeah. I mean, I'd say get obsessed for as long as that like passion is really there. And if it goes somewhere cool and if not, it just wasn't meant to be something forever, Amen. Amen. but there are some ones that stay forever. Like, I think that poker has been staying for a very long time. I mean, it's always been something I've in been interested in since I was I've never seen younger. you more interested in something than poker. Yeah. It it, it utilizes all of my brain, like and the creative, the analytic, everything. You can go do it anytime you want. Yeah. It's easily than, accessible. Yeah. yeah. I mean, with acting, you could only do it if you were hired to do it. That's it. And then in class, I guess, but it's not like real. You make fucking YouTube videos wearing wigs. Yeah. Opposite yourself. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Like, it's not... You're not acting like like yeah. acting is like, you know, being in a scene. You're in like a room, and it's supposed to be different than where you are. And like you're with somebody, and you're supposed to be pretending about something. Yeah. You, the you only never other, do that shit. The only other thing I felt this way about was stand up comedy, and that was like same thing where I couldn't wait to go home and write jokes and like hone them, and then go back out and like workshop the events. Even open that, what do you, what do you get? Fifteen minutes. You know I mean? Yeah, I mean, if that, like, yeah. usually at those shows, you get like maximum ten minutes. Yeah, you can't. It's it's so much more difficult to hone it. So like, what yeah. you were able to do, and you know, people were asking me this today because Nikki does a Twitch stream. Oh on. yeah, if you are interested in poker, Twitch.tv/tricknix. I'll put a link in the description. And somebody was asking me today. I don't know if you saw any of this because you were very dialed in. No, but they were like, "Hey, Steve, did you ever worry about like, um, you know the." The way that people can get degenerate about poker mm -hmm. with Nikki, like when she oh. first came out with like I want to do poker, were you ever worried about it? I'm like, bro, <laughs> that's fuck hilarious. Them. I know it's, it is, but I mean, I get it's the a great question. question. I get it's the question. A great question. I understand, but normally, just yes. Thinking of me, it's, it's just insane. really funny. Um, but I was like, dude, like honestly, like Nikki didn't even fucking start playing poker live for maybe six months after she started like hardcore, yeah, studying, like studying this shit. I did a she lot didn't of play want money. to go either. It's not like it's not like I wasn't like, hey, do you want to go? And she's like, yeah, but then I stopped her. She's like, no, I don't want to go. She didn't yeah. want to fucking go until she felt like she so understood the ins and outs. Extremely comfortable with sitting down. And that was her. Like yeah. She was the person who found the hobby, and then she's the person setting the limits for herself. Yeah. But people don't know that either. So it's like, you know, you, but you, you're, I mean, you're the, 
you know, I, uh, you're not, a, uh, I, I put it, I put it probably wrongly earlier. I said, Nikki's the most risk adverse person that I know, but you're not, mm-hmm. you're the most financially risk adverse person that I know. You're, mm-hmm. you're more goal oriented wise. You're able to risk whatever the fuck. I think calculated risks. Exactly. Yeah. But, but financially you're not going to bet it all on something that you're not sure no, about ever. Never. No, I'm, ever. Not, I'm not high variance. Hell no. Yeah. But and I you mean, set, you set limits for yourself initially totally. without even me talking to you about it. No. So, like, the, but the idea that, like, Nikki comes at me and she's like, I'm just going to start gambling with our savings. <laughs> I understand how people might think that that's the case, but that is so the opposite of what's going on that it's hilarious. Nikki's so calculated. I mean, I've said this before in podcasts when we talk about poker, but I, I, uh, I only ever put in $1,000 into my bankroll. And even that, I was like, $1,000 or like, you ever percent savings? Gain? Uh, I don't know what the percent is, is in you the thousands. Um, you have it. I do have it, but it, I mean, after it's not, it's kind of like been skewed a little bit because uh, I played the main. And you crushed it. The, but no, but I played the main event and that was the $10,000 buy. I've probably spent like 20000 since True. that win, but. Um, but it's still like I put in a thousand dollars and she only ever put in a thousand dollars in her. And it's at over it's at over a hundred twenty thousand dollars now. <laughs> so So I think we're okay. That's uh basically in in MTTs it's been a four hundred two percent ROI and in cash games it's been an eleven percent ROI. Insane. Yeah. What's MTT stand for? Multi table tournaments. Yeah. Yeah, but basically, I put in a thousand dollars, and at the year mark of me keeping track of it, it was at one hundred thirty-eight thousand dollars. <laughs> it's now still over one hundred twenty thousand dollars, but I just like yeah. bought a bunch of it's like really expensive buy-ins that yeah. like kind of skewed out skewed the numbers. I normally wouldn't even after winning that much. I normally wouldn't spend twenty grand on buy-ins, but I was staked for half of it. See, even then, I was like staked yeah. for half Careful. of it. But um, yeah, so I've only ever put in a thousand dollars and. Within a year, made over a hundred thirty-eight thousand dollars. Yeah, and that, but that's you know, not and, surprising to me. But I, yeah, it was very calculated. It was very like, um, I don't know if I want to turn this into a full-time thing. So I'm very clear about it being a hobby. I'm very clear about like balancing out out with work and if and whenever we go to the session, if we lose this much, we leave. Blah 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 blah, and. Um, I'm only doing it as long as I'm passionate about it. And I just kept staying passionate about it. And so that's, I guess, how I decide is like, I don't really feel like I, it's my choice, but um, because I'm going based off how passionate I am. Yes. But it's, I, I don't pick it. It's like you don't pick who you fall in love with. Yep. And uh, what, what's going on? You okay? I didn't get to choose who I fell in love with. Oh, I thought you had like an itch in your nose or something. Nah, just something in my eye. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, no. Um, I did get to choose who I fell in love with. This is really beautiful. Who? The one that got away. Who? A killer. Where'd she go? You know why she got away? I won't tell you. I want her to live. I love her so much. I plucked her from the universe. <laughs> uh, no, I, it's it, it's one of those things, though, where when it comes to you and poker, having watched you, having been your biggest fucking fan since we got together, since 2013... And I really am. I'm Nikki's biggest fan ever. No question. She knows That's it. That's very true. There's no question. You know, when he first was like, I was like, okay, I mean, it's new love. Like, he could be a fan for like <laughs> a year and then stop being such a cheerleader, you know? But no, he's like actually the most supportive person I've ever encountered. Look, I have Nikki's back to the moon and back, right? Yeah. 
to the moon. And I sit in back because the moon can hurt you. The moon hurt me lately. <laughs> I went to the moon with my cryptos. The and, Luna hurt you? Yeah, and the moon hurt me bad. <laughs> you don't. You know what I found out? What? You you really, really, really want to go to the moon, right? But there's a reason why they have space, suit, space suits. Mm. You don't want to stay on the moon. Is that why you got a space suit now? No, this isn't a space suit. It looks like a space suit. No, this is just my like regular attire. Oh, gotcha. But like, you want to go to the moon and then tell everybody that you went to the moon and you want to get the fuck home as fast as you can, like what the Apollo astronauts did. Yeah. But like what I did is I went to the moon. I hung out there for like a year. <laughs> <laughs> like an Umbrella like, Academy. Yeah, it's like, bro. Get the fuck off the like, moon. Go home, dude. You were like Matt Damon in The Martian eating potatoes on Mars and you had to cut like a little tiny piece of potato. I did. Because you got so so poor on the moon. I know. Well, I on Mars. Lay, I had to go land on my own rover. Yeah. Fucking sucking gasoline out of that shit. You. It was a nightmare. It's crazy. Thank you. So I'm glad you support me to the moon and back since it has so, many, so much fond memories for you. Well, it doesn't actually. Okay. It's a nightmare. Finish your point. No, um, but but watching you... It, and rooting for you mm. has been one of the funniest things I've ever experienced in my personal life. Yeah. Because it seems like whatever you're going to do next, and whether people know it or not, mm-hmm. you're going to fucking crush it at it, but then people might not even understand it until later, mm-hmm. until much later. And so, you know, for years, I, I, I told everybody that, like, you're my sitcom wife, and, like, you know, there's a bunch of people out there who are like, yeah, Steve thinks he has a sitcom wife. Oh, what? He wakes up and his wife's doing, his wife's making oatmeal and she usually eats cereal. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, dude, no, it's it's actually much more intense than that. <laughs> um, much, 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 much more intense than that, actually. Um, but then I think when everybody in our personal lives, especially who know you, but they don't know you inside of these walls like I do. Yeah. See you in the World Series of Poker final table, fourth place out of 5,700 people. I think that that holy fuck, what the fuck is going on for them <laughs> was like me waking up and being like, what's Nikki up to today? Yeah. But like. That's normal for me, but they finally, like the world got to actually see what I normally see, which is like, <laughs> what the fuck is she up to now? Mm-hmm. But in like a a, uh, a much quicker way. Yeah. Because I saw this happen over like eight months. Right. Instead of like what everyone else saw, which is what like. What did you think of the beginning? Oh, when you first wanted to play poker? Yeah. Um, I know never, ever, ever to doubt you. Ever. <laughs> I, and I'm not even kidding. Yeah. Like, that sounds like a joke, but I really don't doubt you. It sounds like I threaten you, but it's not that. It's no, not no, no. that. It, no, if Nikki does something, she's going to do it hard. It's just like, it's like, it seems random. It does seem random, and but she's going to go hard on I it. I go so hard that. And like, sometimes you're like, oh, Nikki, why does this have to be about how much you love this grasshopper and how you need to learn how <laughs> grasshoppers can live? Like, what oh, they what do they eat? Like, oh no. What's what, their base oh, temperature that they need can't to be this at? Be about like Robin Banks. Hey, Robin Banks would be so interesting. Hey, Nikki. Hey, I, I don't know. I saw I saw this movie about Robin Banks. You want to check it out? And then Nikki watches it and she's like, I gotta check out my grasshopper. And I'm like, oh no, no. <laughs> yeah, you can't choose what to get into. I can't pick I can't, it for you. I can't pick I can't it either. You. I can't no. pick it either. No. It's like sometimes it's just a fucking YouTube video pops up about candle making, and I'm I like, know. I'm gonna learn all the things about candle making. I know. Trust me. I have a whole candle making <laughs> workshop over there. I just hope that your algorithm never takes you to a place where it's like, why you should burn down your house because it's bad for your aura. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. 
<laughs> but no, but for real though, you you just you know when you're gonna really do something. And like, there are times when like, yeah, you're flirting with things or whatever. Mm. But when you're going to really do it, I know you're going to do it. Yeah. And so there's no question about it. Like, it has to be really stimulating. Yes. I think that's for me. That's probably the the number one mm. thing. That if I was like, what's the? How do you choose? Well, it has to be very stimulating. It has to be creatively stimulating and um, intellectually stimulating. It has to feel like at the end of it, I have something to show like progress with. Yes. Where I'm like, I I'm doing it. I'm doing the thing. But like I said, you you um, like once you do it, like you're gonna you're gonna fucking do it like all the way, mm. and um, and that might surprise people, but you've never done anything that was so public before, yeah. So like I've seen you like go to the hilt about all kinds of shit, but like normal people don't fucking see you go that extreme. and, and they're never gonna know because unless you tell them about what you're, yeah. Going I mean, through, I even was keeping poker pretty quite on the down low for a, a long time because i just didn't want i wanted it to be just more of like for me for six months yeah for a long time and then yeah you we, we took you to the first game at commerce casino and like then the, the snowball started going down the hill after that yeah but, i started talking about it. it was more like a sprinkling here and there yes. like not all the work in between yes you know but that was the thing it was it was really was work yeah it really was work and and the fun kind when you but, have fun doing the the hard parts that's how you know you love it. Exactly. Yeah. Which is me and crypto. It, you know, not to make it about me, but honestly, that is. Yeah. The no, best it very part. much is. It, it's, I told you the same thing way before you're talking about me into poker. Like I told you about crypto that I feel like this is your thing even yep. more than comedy. Yep. But we have to take a break. Okay. When we come back, we are going to answer more of your questions. I know that was a pretty long winded question it was, very, answer, it was a good question i feel like we don't it's a question that we don't normally talk about like uh religion and yeah, uh, spirituality state, and yeah. beliefs and um hobbies i think they're all kind of connected honestly yes, it's too. a weird it's it seems like two separate questions but i think that that's all connected i think creative forces are in alignment with like the out there you know yep big time okay BRB. so brb everybody buy whatever we tell you to buy Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good and then a bang in the night and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey, thanks for listening to our podcast. We just want to take a break to tell you to like, thanks for listening to our podcast. And if you want to rate it, that would be really awesome for us. Like, Listen, we're on break. We're not talking to you like podcast hosts right now. We're just talking to you like people. As a friend. And we just want to say, please rate the show because it helps out a huge amounts. Like, we're not desperate. We're, like, kind of desperate. We're giving shout-outs right now to all the people who are giving it ratings. So, huge shout-out right now to Brian Jorgensen. That was sick of you, dude. Thank you. God bless. Uh, huge shout-out right now to Mark. Mark W. in Springfield, Connecticut. Back to our podcast. Jenny Blythe. Hey, back to our podcast. In Tuscany, and Florida. back to our podcast. God bless you. Thank you. Steven. Huge. Thank you for supporting the show. <laughs> All right, we are back. And the next question is called, it's titled, Update Plus Need Your Guidance. Ooh, we get an update. Okay, so these are both, like, both of the questions so far have been from people that have already messaged us. So, dear Nikki and Steve, starting off with compliments. Yay, you both are so wise and offer us such good advice. Thank you so much. I hope you know how appreciative I am of all that you do to give back to us. Y'all are amazing. You're so sweet. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's, I don't think it's a SIRS. um, No, but you don't know what SIRS is. Oh, I thought it was SIRS. SIRS is like everybody. Oh, I thought it was just a man. S-E-R-S. Yeah, I know, but I thought it was just a funny way to spell S-I-R-S. It technically is. Okay. But it counts for everybody. Gotcha. Thank you. So it's like mankind, even though women are included in there exactly somehow. Right. It's always got to be a man. For all mankind. Label. Is woman not a man? Okay. Kind? I just don't. I want to get into these okay. questions more. You keep sidetracking us with all these with all these little tangents. You started it, dude. What no, I f- didn't. I, I was just saying it's not a sir. Okay. Possibly. Take it away. So I'm not sure if you remember me, but I emailed you in November of 2020 about my boyfriend having the dating apps to meet people to start his photography portfolio. I do remember this. He ended up meeting a girl named Becca and it all went downhill from there. Fucking Becca. She made a comment about wanting to have a threesome with him and I, and that made me super uncomfortable because a quote unquote friend shouldn't see you like that. Anyways, I held onto that relationship for another two years before realizing that he wasn't the one. Wow. That's a long time. He was my first love, and we spent three years together total. He broke up with me over something that was his fault, and that was the last straw for me. I disconnected myself emotionally and was already physically disconnected. I broke it off, and I've never felt so free. So fast-forwarding to about two months ago, I started talking more and more with this guy from work. He's such a sweet and generous guy. We made it official, and the past couple weeks have been really nice with him. We get along great, our humor matches each other, and we go through similar struggles. We both have pretty bad anxiety. I feel like his is more severe than mine. I tend to have more high-functioning anxiety and occasionally get crippled by it, but he goes through bad nausea on the daily. I've done my best to make him feel safe with me, and he has appreciated that so much. Today, me and him were both having a bad day. I needed him, and he couldn't be there for me because he was having an anxiety crash where his body was aching and literally giving out, and he gets 
when he gets like that, he needs to sleep it off. And I understand because it happens to me as well. But he did text me and says he feels terrible that he couldn't be there for me. And it is the reason he had stayed single for five years. He didn't want to disappoint the people he loved. So I guess I wanted to hear your thoughts on this. How do you stay in a relationship where the support is there, but they can't always be there for you? How much should I have my own back? When does it become one-sided? I appreciate any feedback you have to give. Thank you so much. Marianne. Sirs. I don't know what that means. What do you mean you don't know what it means? Well, it's like he, so she needed him. Yeah. And he's like, yo, I can't even come right now. Come? Like, I can't come over. Oh. Like, I can't come. I was like, it's not sexual. Yeah, no. Okay. But he's like, I can't. Yeah, he was going through an crippling anxiety. So he's like, yo, I'm out. Yeah. Interesting. I actually completely huh. understand this because I was in a relationship where we both had depression and anxiety and um when i was down it's not like he could pull me up like but then when he was down i would try to pull him up too you know it was like but it was hard because we were always kind of like in the same slump together and Uh, like spiraling that's bad though it's bad yeah it sucks i'm not gonna lie like um i think this works much better because Steve, so I'm a fucking spaceman. This is how I've seen like a lot of like really long term couples um, stick together. Is one is very turbulent emotionally, yes, and the other one is like super steady. Sta- yeah, super steady. Not that you don't have emotions, like no. you you have emotions and you I go do. up and down, but you, you don't get like crippling anxiety. Like we don't no. have the same set of things. No, and what's hard is like. I like this in my past relationship. I was like, oh, he actually gets me because he gets it too. So, like, we understand each other. And then you feel like, well, this is definitely like the person that I'm supposed to be with because we, like, who else would understand, like, Mm. this crazy thing and, like, put up with it and blah, blah, blah. And he felt really guilty when he couldn't. It was the same thing where he, like, felt guilty that he couldn't, like, be there for me when I needed him. Maybe this is a stupid thing, right? But uh, not to cut you off. It's okay. But there's this thing that exists in my brain. Like when I was a kid, it didn't matter what I was going through. If my mother was crying, which was like every day, yeah, I had to flush it and make sure that I took care of my mom because like she needed me. And so there's just this. It doesn't mean that I'm not like. It doesn't mean that I'm that I'm like putting something away for myself for later. It's just like in the immediate right now, I got you. Is it because you feel like you're more emotionally stable than? The person that needs it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just, I got, I got this. I'll deal with this later. It's like, if I'm dealing with something that's like, you know, whatever the fuck it is. Like a recent example is like what happened to me with Luna. Mm -hmm. Okay. That was fucking wild. Yeah. Um, But I remember (laughs) this is a fucking funny thing that (laughs) happened too. Nikki comes home and she, (laughs) she honestly probably lost like what? 800? 300. 300 at poker. And like, guys, I'm not kidding. I could simplify this and dumb this down and make Nikki look silly. Mm-hmm. But that's not really what's funny about this. Like, what's actually funny about this is the contrast just <laughs> in what had happened to me and what Nikki needed from me um, because of the immediacy of it, right? So, like, what I had done with crypto, I had been in for, like, fucking a year and a half, right? Yeah. I was buying Luna. It was $5. And this thing went up to fucking $120. 
And like, you know, I sold some off D-Risk some, but goddamn, I could have gotten way more off the table, right? Would have yeah. been so sick. So I lost like a million dollars, no question. Mm-hmm. In like fucking 48 hours, probably watched like a million dollars turn like 50 cents. Mm-hmm. So fun. Then, <laughs> and I'm not kidding, this is probably like 48 hours later. Mm-hmm. Nikki's, Nikki comes home and she's like, you know, into poker and she hadn't hit yet with the World Series of Poker. Yeah. Um, or, or even the... Or even the $12,000 that you yeah. got from that other win that you got just before the World Series of Poker. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Nikki's like, she lost, or she lost some, like, 300 Yeah, $300. And she's fucking devastated for, like, 18 hours. But it wasn't about the $300. Exactly, yeah. I know that. But it's it was just the, the game. It's funny, zoomed out. It's so fucking that funny that it's insane. And then I came home like, oh, it was 300 but it wasn't. It's so funny. Yeah. But it's not like I had to put, it's not like I had to, like, like, um, you know, like, oh, like, I had to wait, my tears had to wait. Yeah. I wasn't crying. Like, I was fine relatively uh-huh. like it does suck there's no question about it <laughs> it fucking sucks but it was really made even more honestly hilarious and fun for me that nikki was this devastated after losing 300 dollars after i lost a million dollars and it was a really beautiful moment for me honestly mm-hmm. there's a there's a thing that i have about me i don't know i don't know what it is but I swear to God, if you light an object a certain way, I'll find the brightest spot. Mm-hmm. I just find the light in things. I just do. It's just it's why my mother calls me her her light. Yeah. Right. I think that Nikki would agree with that yeah, statement absolutely. for how I am in, in interpersonally. Yeah. And it's just that nothing is That's ever the part grim. that people don't. I'm waiting for the like. I'm wait. I, some people have known it maybe in Crypto Corner or whatever. But yeah. like when you say that people don't see the sitcom wife part, I feel like people don't see that. This this like bright light part that you have the uncanny ability to like to really bring like a light to dark situations. Dude, there is there there's nothing more beautiful and more hilarious than illumination, mm-hmm. right? And sometimes like people think that like laughing at something means you're making fun of it, but no. you're, you're you're not. It's just the humor, the irony, it's the irony. The, yeah, you, you can zoom out outside of yourself and not. Th- not think of yourself as the main character, right? Mm-hmm. You're looking outside of show. it at the show. Exactly. Yeah. The show is so fucking funny. Mm-hmm. But instead, because like the, when the main character trips and falls, he's not laughing. Yeah. But like when you zoom out, that shit's funny. Exactly. And that's it. We both think this way I know, too. I know. It's beautiful. Because we that... like, I'll be crying and like laughing through crying because it's so fucking funny. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> that's the thing. That's what, I mean, dude, that's the symbiosis, right? It's like we have this verve. It's like uncommunicated. Honestly, I can look at Nikki, she can look at me, and yeah. we'll probably Thinking know exactly the same thing. what the fuck we're thinking. Yeah. It's just this beautiful verb that we have because we see the world in the same way. Yeah. And we don't always communicate the world in the same way, but we see the world in the same way. So mm-hmm. I can maybe communicate some of those moments a little bit differently than Nikki, and Nikki can communicate some of those moments a little bit differently than me. But the way that we come together on those moments, it's completely compatible with yeah. how we how we view it. So it's this it's not that. This is not what they're going through though. So yeah, true. with her guy, I don't want to give you, I don't want to shut it down for you right now. I just feel like I relate hard to what, what this situation is. And I being on the other side of it, I can now in hindsight be like, oh, that wasn't like as cool as it I, it, I thought it was going to be because I thought he would, because we would understand each other and like the mental health yeah. aspects of each other that 
it would be easier or like I like we would love each other more because of it. But it actually was really hard because it did start to feel one sided and it wasn't necessarily his fault in some regards. Like there were other things he did that were fucked up. But like the mental health part was just a hard part because it's like when he's depressed, he's just going to shut off and he can't physically be there for you. He can't emotionally, mentally, physically be there for you. So if you happen to be going something at the same through something at the same time, he's just not going to be able to be there for you. Whereas like maybe you can be there for him in some ways or regards. And it sucks. And it's not like he, he even acknowledges that that's why he's been single for five years. And I and I get that. I think that. You guys both need people that don't have those things. And in the beginning, yeah, it's hard to explain it to someone like Steve who doesn't get crazy anxiety attacks. Like he doesn't go through like deep depression. I have to explain to him like why it's why I'm having a panic attack over something. And I had to explain to him how to treat me during the panic attack parts. But now knowing that, like he's so much more supportive and like the the kind of um the compliment in my life that i would need for for my needs you know and i think it's just getting in tune with what your needs are and not lying to yourself because in the past i was like well i don't need that you know i can take care of my own and like you know i can grow up be be a big girl about it and like i don't need my partner to be this like rock for me, um, I know it's not his fault and you want to be like caring about it and empathetic to his, what he's going through because, you know, he's got crippling anxiety and depression. But you have to be, you know, pretty honest with yourself if it's that that's something that you want to be with long term, because I think it's kind of like a love language where even if you really like somebody and you really love like if you love somebody, but you can't speak the same language with them, they can't be there for you and, and like be there for your needs, even if they don't even if they want to be there they're just not capable of it you have to be honest with yourself if that's something that you want to stick around for or if maybe there's someone better out there for you how would you break up with somebody who's going through something like that though um you know it would have to be over conversations maybe you could work through it maybe you could guys see a couple of therapists together but it doesn't even sound like they're a couple yet they've been seeing him for two months you know so um you know, I'm not there, so feel it out. But I will say that this sounds extremely similar to a two-year relationship that I went through. And I tried to hold out and it made me sadder and sadder and sadder. And I didn't want him to feel guilty for it. I mean, he did other things that I found out about later, but like this particular issue, I didn't want him to feel guilty about it. So I kind of like, sacrificed my own happiness to be like well he just can't he just can't be there for me and i still love him so i'll stay with him rather than like maybe there's someone out there that actually could support you better and there's more of a symbiosis with i just didn't know there was anything else out there yeah because i I hadn't experienced it so yeah i wish you the best um i hope that maybe like you guys can work something out like go see a therapist see if there's something that other couples have gone through that maybe share similar issues yeah i just don't i just don't know personally it's up to you man compatibility is hard yeah it's hard to just nail down hearing it over the yeah uh, a message on the emails oh this is another one about religion this one is titled should i leave my religion per steve's request 
I probably did ask that. No, hey, hey, Nikki and Steve, Iceman. This is a longtime podcast listener, Rocky from Texas. Sorry about my last email bringing up the Mandela effect. Different rabbit hole this time. I'm having doubts on staying in my cult. I mean, religion. Wow, why is everyone shifting out of their religion right now? This is crazy. Apparently, we're leading the way, though. All right. (laughs) I'm I'm dressed for this. Yeah. (laughs) The summer of 2020, something magical happened. The Broadway musical Hamilton hit Disney+. I never thought I'd be able to watch Hamilton. I had heard about it for years, and the fact that it was hundreds of dollars for tickets and had a waiting list. uh, After watching it, I was forever changed. It was amazing. The hip-hop, the story, the awesomeness. I was all in. I would not throw away my shot. I didn't even know it was on Disney+. Plus. I haven't seen Hamilton yet. This guy just found out he loves musicals. In New York, you can be a new man. (laughs) I studied the play. I studied the actors, everything about it. But now, two years later, I'm beginning to doubt the holy script. There's a line in the play where they say Martha Washington named her feral Tom Cat after him, and someone says, that's true. But after researching it on my own, I discovered, in fact, it was not true. Also, spoilers for the play, which is a story that really happened in the late 1700s and early 1800s. So, spoiler alert, probably over. The climax of the story in the play is the duel between Aaron Burr and Alexander Hamilton. In the play, they duel over Burr losing the presidency to Thomas Jefferson. But in real life, it was over another election in New York a few years later. So, yes, for the play, it is more dramatic for it to be the presidency. But my doubt for the Holy Script is now strong. What other things should al- could also be wrong in the play? Lynn manuel Miranda, how could he betray me? I mean, he wrote this, Moana, and Encanto. How much talent can someone have? Should I stay or should I forsake the Holy Script and follow someone or something else? Thanks for your help. Thoughts, Rocky from Texas. Rocky, surely this is a bit. Yeah. <laughs> and congratulations. Yeah, that was great. I, I fell for we, it. We we don't believe you. I was really dissect. I was really yeah. like waiting for the... Yeah, we got it. I was like, I, th- I thought they were going to bring up religion Nobody in the in you, the play. But good for you. Amazing. Amazing. It's truly a great well piece written. of writing. Well written. We appreciate that. Thank you. That was great. Thanks, Rocky. Thanks, Rocky. <laughs> and yes, burn it. We sniffed it out. Burn it. Too easy, Rocky. Do better. Burn Thanks. it. Do better. Okay, this one's called Rediscovering My Passions. Hey, Nikki and Steve, I wanted to start by saying that I love listening to your podcast. Thank you for all your advice and sharing your life lessons with us. Not only is it entertaining and educational, but it gets me reflecting a lot on my own life and problems. That's awesome. That's exactly what we are hoping that like maybe if we fail at enough shit and then and then share what we went through that you could avoid slipping down the same path. So. Um, I also think you're both so wonderful in seeing how much you love and take care of each other. It really makes my heart happy. Nikki, I could literally listen to you talk about anything or watch you do anything and be entertained. Sorry if that comes off creepy slash stalkerish. Oh I my agree. God. Thank you so much. She cares. That's, no, that's really sweet. Listening to interested people talk about what they're interested in is my thing. Yeah, that's I've always said that too. I enjoy it. Steve, I really try to understand your crypto talks. And even though I don't, because I just can't wrap my brain around it, listening to you talk and defend something so passionately is so interesting to me. Again, I love it. Yeah. Talking about it. people being interested in something. I only love Nikki more. That's it. Aw. Now, I guess I should put a little context for the question I have. I'm about to be 30, and my quote-unquote dream job is to be an author, and it has been my life goal since probably the age of four. For forever, I've wanted that more than anything, but I've yet to finish any of my projects. It's terrible. I feel like I have so much talent and potential that I'm wasting because for some reason, I can never seem to finish anything. I can have the whole thing outlined beginning to end, character charts made up, practice scenes for dialogue, etc. But once I get three-fourths of the way in, I just completely blank and can't bring myself to write another word. Everything feels wrong and I can't find myself just going back and correcting things rather than moving on to the ending. I know exactly how I want it to end too, but I just can't get it out onto the onto the pager. I probably have at least five projects that have met this fate. I even thought about starting something 
quote unquote simpler and maybe doing a poetry book first since those come out come a little easier to me but whenever I think of writing content for it I blank I don't know if that's because I'm always drained from my job I work in the restaurant industry or I'm just lazy or something but I guess what I'm asking is how do I get myself to refocus on my goal is this a sign that my dream is dead am I just not passionate enough about it anymore should I quit or am I just being lazy a lazy ass who needs a kick into gear sorry this got long I guess the context wasn't so little after all thank you again for all you do I appreciate every second of it so cute that you think the passion's dead absolutely is it not you love it too much that's the problem look honestly this is why like most people have regrets about oh i should have asked that girl out mm-hmm. it wasn't perfect mm-hmm. i should have I, I i didn't have the perfect end so like I, had, I was waiting for the perfect time you know you understand yeah it had to be perfect it, and it wasn't perfect it wasn't go figure no fucking shit dude it's never gonna be perfect guess what dude guess what mm-hmm. let me tell you let me let me let me let me answer the phone for you here's what happens your dream project gets picked up then they take it. Then guess what? They have somebody direct it. They have somebody fucking produce it. They have somebody edit it. They have somebody do sound. They have somebody hire the actors. They have somebody do casting, right? So so like your initial version of whatever the fuck you thought was going to happen mm-hmm. gets sucked into outer space and distributed a million times before it ever even gets seen by one person anyway. So like this perfect bullshit that you're doing to yourself, you're just hurting yourself. It's a self-sabotaging it thing. Is. It it's this is. thing where like you think it's because you fear failure, but you actually fear your success. Yes. Like you even said it, like you know how much potential and talent you have. And there's a, there's a quote by, I can't remember who, and I'm probably going to botch the quote, but it's like, uh, we're not, we're like... We're not scared of failing. We're scared uh, that we're powerful beyond measure. Like we're power. We're something about that. Yeah. Well, it's not good enough, right? For them, it, well, you're right. Because like the goal is maybe that people will see it as like, wow, this person's powerful beyond measure. But then, no, they're scared like of unleashing that power subconsciously. So they wrap it up as like being scared of failure. I, I that's true. I think that that's true for a lot of people. But I know people who are who are so obsessed with perfection yeah that they only embrace failure and yeah. i think that that's maybe what's going on here right so it's like you know i got a buddy who just fucking can't shut the fuck up about everything he's ever put his hands on that was never his he can't shut up about all the flaws of it mm-hmm. but then he can't ever make a script of his own mm-hmm. he'll never make a script of his own ever yep. not one time fucking ever because he doesn't want anyone to be able to judge that the way he judges other people's yeah. shit. yeah so like he judges everything through the lens of well why it's why isn't it perfect and then he looks at his own shit and it's never ever going to be perfect so he won't even finish it yep so it's just a fucking fallacy anyway i know so quite why, a few people like that so why spend the energy right and but it's like why are you spending the energy to begin with then so you know, look, people love the shit on me and go, man, Steve, how many movies you've done? And if you add up the IMDb score, is that even as many movies? Probably, by the way. Just barely. But probably. So go fuck yourself. No, I'm kidding. Uh, so like, you know, but like, but that's the thing. You, you have to embrace the process. Exactly. And, and I was you... really bad at that, by the way. I was really bad at that initially. Really bad and combative initially about embracing the process. I would be I would be putting up fights and meetings. Yeah. With to protect the integrity of this joke. Oh, this joke has to live all this shit. Yeah. Stuff that didn't matter later. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Yeah. You just think like everything it's is so a precious. mountain when it's a it's like it's just a part of the path. 
it sounds like you have writer's block and I've heard some cures for this are to not think about how you can connect the dots. Like, so when you sit down to write, don't think about how you have to finish this project. You have to finish the ending. You have to get to the ending. Just focus on, you have to write a page. Just focus on writing a page. And this is why, because after you, like if you force yourself to just write a page, even if you hate it after and you crumple it up and you throw it away in the garbage, just getting in the flow of writing a page You'll start to like unlock the creative flow, the thing that goes inside you and like creates all the ideas that you want and puts them into a physical manifestation. Um, that happens when you're in a flow state and you're not thinking and overanalyzing it. And the way to get there is by not looking at the bigger picture, but by just even making yourself write a paragraph, like not maybe not even a page, maybe just a paragraph. And once you write that paragraph, you'll find that you want to keep going. And you like I've heard of writers getting out of writer's blocks like this where they just force themselves to write a page and then before they know it, they wrote 35 pages. Yeah, because, if it's unconnected. I think that's the key, right? Yeah. I'm going to write a page for fun. Yeah. It has nothing to do with my fucking script. It has to be for script. fun. It's yeah. for fun. I don't give a fuck. It has nothing to do with my script. I remember I was actually at the end of the second thinning movie, which, you know, these are my bread and butter, baby. Mm -hmm. um, but no, I remember, um, you know, the studio had, they were like, hey, we want uh, some kind of an ending where it's like an abridge to like maybe another movie. So then it was like, yo, here's a decree given from on high. You guys have to add a, something that doesn't exist right now, but you have to like create <laughs> like a... Yeah. Uh, you know, a, a bridge that gets cut off early. It's a cliffhanger, right? So then it's like, okay, now we have to do that. But by the way, I, I always had great experiences with a lot of the uh, places that I made movies with. But you do have to surrender a part of your vision, your perfect vision. Because like, you know, we all read books differently, right? When you're vision, envisioning what you're reading. Everyone's envisioning different things. Like when that's happening, like it, it, you have to, you have to kind of surrender yourself to the process. And, you know, many people might hear that and hear me and go, okay, well, he's talking about how, you know, you make something and then everyone else fucks it up later. But I'm not saying that. I'm saying it's actually a beautiful part of the process when you surrender yeah. this thing to the next stage mm -hmm. that you're not involved in control with as much. In control of yeah, it. you're in control of it in a way, but like really the people who are paying for it are in control of it. Mm -hmm. And so like they're going to make more of the decisions than you and you have to surrender yourself to the process because, oh, really? Are you going to wardrobe it? Are you going to act in all the parts? Like are you just creating a fucking YouTube video from 2013 where you're wearing a bunch of wigs? You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And like how satisfying is that for the viewer? So like you have to eventually just give it up to the process. Yeah, and, and that's a beauty. There's a beauty in that too. So embrace the beauty of the unknown. Don't do this bullshit where you feel like you have to corral everything into your own fucking gates. It was Nelson Mandela that did this quote. I was gonna say that I, nice. that's who was in my head, but then I didn't want to be wrong and look silly. Love it. But it was Nelson Mandela. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. 
We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, and fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It is not just some of us. It is in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we consciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. So sometimes I think that when you get down to the very end of things, this is that maybe I'm just relating too hard, but like I have a lot of unfinished things because I get too scared of that's partly perfectionism. I've written it off as perfectionism. But when I heard stuff like that, it is kind of like a what if I think too highly of myself and this isn't the like as cool as I thought it was going to be. So now it has to be even more perfect to make sure that I am right about myself because now my self-worth is tied into this project you know and so i'm like you know i start to doubt myself and then it never gets finished because i'm like i have so many videos that i've written that i never made that i was so passionate about but i never made them because i was too scared of subconsciously i just like it has to work the way i want it to be and if i can't make it that way then i don't want it to be but there's another quote that's like, don't die with your music still in you. And I think you still got a lot of music. That was Dr. Wayne Dyer. And I think you still got a lot of that music in you. So you haven't even tapped into it yet. You haven't played any of the music because it's just, you know, kind of sitting there unfinished and you're blaming it on you not being passionate anymore, but you are really passionate about it still. Of course you're passionate about it. That's the problem. Yeah. And so just let it just go. chill out just, a little bit. It's not precious. Chill out. Actually... You should make it your goal to fail at it. Look, people will judge it anyway, dude. Yeah. People, trust me. People can't wait to tell you how much you suck at something. You're like but, a perfect thing. It's, yeah, you're never like going to so have a judged. perfect thing. You're, you're going to have something that you're going to judge more than anybody else does. So yep. just, just do it. Just do it. Do it. Just do yeah, it. Exactly. Like what Al Pacino said. Mm. Oh. In Any Given Sunday. A great movie. Okay. All right, guys. Well, that's all the questions we have for now. If you have a question you'd like to ask us, there's our, actually there's like one more, but I feel like we just ran out of time. So yeah, we we'll get to it on the next one. Um, and if you have a question that you would like to ask us about anything, we are not experts on it. Obviously, disclaimer, don't sue us. Uh, but podcast at Nikki.limo is where you can send those questions. That's podcast at N-I-K-K-I dot L-I-M-O. Love it. Okay. Every day make progress. Every step be fruitful. And yet there will lay before you an ever-lengthening, ever-ascending, ever-improving path. But this, so far from discouraging, only adds to the joy and glory of the climb. Believe, that, is that that general that you're into? That is, that is Winston Churchill. I believe that so deeply, <laughs> creatively, yeah. about all things. It is the process that is beautiful. I like how all these questions kind of tied into each other. They did. They're about like religion and passion. And I feel like they're all kind of intertwined. Yep. Like I think creative force, like God is a creator and like we are made in his image. And I think that he is the creative force is what works through us. When people talk about how they climbed Everest, which frankly, they mostly just use, you know, a lot of these Sherpas now <laughs> to just like carry them up there. But... <laughs> When they when they do it, mm-hmm. talk about the peak is the least interesting part. Like really? talking about the climb yeah. is the whole fucking story, isn't it? Yeah. So there you go. You gotta drink like water in small sips. You gotta bring out enough oxygen tanks too. Bring a tent. I'm way too lazy to climb Everest. Same, I'll never Holy do it. shit. 
Unless God, I have a shirt. about laziness. I'm, I need a team of Sherpas carrying me up there on 12 of them. It's too cold. It's like, so honestly, cold. Honestly, the second I get out of the car, like if we're at the base of Mount Everest, I'm like, ooh, it's so cold. And you know what I'll probably do? I'll actually probably do this. I'll chop her up there, take a selfie, chop her fucking back down. No, the choppers can't. They freeze up there. That's why you have to climb it. No, but you have to do it certain times because they can chop her up there. I've seen it. Well, I, I don't. Trust me, I made sure this vision was accurate before well, I Well, kiss you goodbye before you go because there's no way I'm, I'm ever going over there. What if I chop her up there and then I wingsuit down? I don't care. Live your life, bro. All right, we'll get there. Yeah. Maybe I'll do it in VR. All right, we'll be back. See you next time. Bye. Bye.